Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Football Fignuts Podcast. This is Season 5, Episode 24. If you counted all of them since the beginning, Season 1, it's 218 episodes. I'm Craig. My name is Britt. And Britt, we're back, and it's the end yes. of fantasy football. Not DFS, but fantasy for most people. Most people. DFS never ends. <laughs> it never ends. Not now. <laughs> it never ends. In my sleep... In like in like April, I'll be visited by the ghost of Blake Bortles, <laughs> who tells me Darnell Mooney, Byron Pringle, and uh, that kid from this weekend on the Bills. What was his name? Ian McClellan. Yep. <laughs> Whatever. That's not his. It's not even close to his name. They're all gonna visit me and show me the mistakes I made during my uh, during my my year. Okay, hold on a second. I gotta find yep. out where. I, I gotta. I'm looking up his name. Because I have it, because I used him, you which did. is a funny you, story. You did. <laughs> Where is he? Where is he? This is the wrong lineup. God damn it. Wait a minute. I got it. Nope. Yep. Okay. Stand by. Where is he? There he is. Ian McKenzie. There we go. Okay, because we're going to have to talk about him, but we're, I'm getting ahead of myself. Let's start where we always start. Craig, what are you drinking tonight? Um, so tonight, and if anyone sees it on Instagram, you would already know this, but probably not because you don't really know when we record. But um, tonight, inside my brewmate that you gave me, I have a lovely can of a beer I had before, which I'll open now. Okay. Push. Uh, this is Broken Skull IPA. So I haven't had it in a while. Saw it at the store. In Boston's like, beer. Yep, and I was like, you know what? I haven't had it in a while. Let's just get it. So that's if you drink. weren't here, if you weren't here a year or two ago, when we when Craig first discovered this beer, he put a picture of it on Instagram, and tagged Broken Skull Brewing and Steve Austin in it. And about two two hours later, Stone Cold Steve Austin of WWE fame tweeted back at Craig. I did. He I did. Think he just. He I did. think he just wrote cheers, and you would have thought that Jesus himself had just come down and spoken to Craig. He was so excited. I was. I was. I'm still I, am about I, it. <laughs> I, I've, 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 I've been blessed in my Twitter experience to have a lot of discussions with a lot of celebrities. I don't know why they answer me, but they tend to answer me. Going all the way back to back when Twitter was very young, I, had, I, I was retweeted in part of a conversation with Mort Anderson. Wow. From, not with Mort Anderson? I don't know, was it? The guy from ESPN. Why am I drawing a blank on his name? Mort, the Mort Report guy. Is it Anderson, or was that the kicker? The Mort Anderson was a kicker. <laughs> what the hell does the Mort Report for ESPN? What? I'm see, I can see the guy's face. Who's that guy? Chris Mortensen. Chris Mortensen. That's it. The day after... Oh, God, now I'm drawing a blank on it. Fuck. The kid from Oregon who punched the guy from Boise State in the first game... Oh, wow. I forgot their names. Oh, my God. And he went to the NFL. Uh, let's see. Oh, uh, like Eric Blunt. Oh, okay. Yep, yep, yep. So yep. if you don't remember this, back in like 2008, maybe 2000, it was 2009, like Eric Blunt punched a Boise State player at the end of a game and ended up getting suspended for the entire season. So the next day... There's a huge discussion on it on Twitter, and people and, and um, Chris Mortensen is 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 kind of heading this up, and I wrote something to the effect of no one can possibly approve of what he did, but I think anyone who's competed can understand the frustration in that moment, and 
Chris Mortensen retweets it with, I think this sums it up. And I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> a freaking celebrity, nice. like, sports nice. guy. <clears throat> Not only agreed with me, but thought that I wrote something eloquently enough to share it with his people. And that was like, that was like, but since then I've had, I've had so many interactions with so many different people. The guys from MST3K have written me, um, you know, things like that. So that's, that's, yeah. So Broken Skull IPA, good stuff. Good stuff. I am drinking a Fox Farm Brewery can of Bluster. Oh, very that's nice. That's their double IPA. It's very, very murky. It's very, very good. And, uh, yeah. So, all right, we got a lot to get to tonight. Like, a ton. Before we even get to Burning Hot Takes, let's talk about the news that broke last night that kind of is, like, mega epically impacting uh, the sports world, which is the passing of John Madden. This is Um, true. So, he passes last night uh, at the age of 85. It was unexpected. Um, You know, a guy who was a coach... Won a Super Bowl, uh, won an AFL championship before there was a Super Bowl. Um, you know, things of that later had a 76% career win percentage, had an overall record of 112 wins, 39 losses, and seven ties. I just and arguably you could make the you could make the argument that his coaching credentials aren't even what made him famous is broadcasting credentials aren't what made him famous it's his interaction in video games and what he did in the video game world as well so craig so before we get to burning hot takes just 30 seconds what are your thoughts on the passing of john madden uh you know it's even if you didn't know excuse me even if you didn't know who he was like and what he was involved with like you you knew his name uh especially from especially from the video game i think that's where everyone knew Mm-hmm. knew his name and then you see and now okay sidebar if you heard this if you listen to this podcast before i am not a fan of ea in general because yeah. of yeah. what they did with the with madden but anyway but if you look at it as like a something that's happened in video game history or you know in even football history because it's very intertwined mm-hmm. that game introduced so many people to football and to how football works like you see these stories where you know younger kids like eight or ten they start playing madden and they actually learn how football works they learn the rules they learn what plays mean what positions do what different positions do you know they it's then some of them get so much into it they learn like you know they learn what audibles look like they learn how to like read defenses Mm -hmm. so it's crazy stuff and it actually kickstarts some some sports careers for some people, which is which is pretty awesome. I mean, I think in two thousand eight, I have to I'd have to look at the covers, but they took you know Madden used to be on the cover of mm-hmm. Madden Football, and then uh, they took him off to start putting players on, which you know eventually led to your favorite Madden curse. But you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, it's yeah, definitely it's... A, it's definitely a loss for the. Uh, he was a big icon, uh, so it's definitely a loss. For those of you, who, and Craig is right, you know, the, 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 the video game aspect of it is probably where most people remember him. And before I get into that, for those of you who don't know who Madden was before then, he only coached 10 years and he still had 103 victories. That's an average of 10 games a year, guys. That's impressive. Average, like a 10-3-1, roughly. 
season every year. They went to five straight AFC championships. That's five. In 1973, they lost in the AFC Championship to a team called the Miami Dolphins, who, by the way, went undefeated. The next year, went 12-2, lost to the Pittsburgh Steelers in the AFC Championship. In 1975, went 11-3 and lost to the Pittsburgh Steelers in the AFC Championship. Then won the whole thing in 76, and in 1977, they went 11-3. They were 16-1. Because it was only a, it was a, it was a shortened season in 1976. They only played 14 games. Well, they only played 14 games back then. That's that's kind of what it was. It was just just the the, the 16 game season didn't come around until 1978. They went 13 and in the regular season. They went three and zero in the playoffs and won the whole goddamn goddamn thing. He won the AFC West between 1970 and 1976 five out of six years. And the one year he didn't win, they were eight four and two. He never had a losing season. Never had a losing season as a head huh. coach. Really? His worst year was 8-4-2. He won <laughs> 75% of his games. And then, when they had a down year at 9-7, and seven, he was like, screw this. Al Davis, pain in the ass. I'm leaving. <laughs> He's like, yeah, I'm done. <laughs> Announced his retirement done. on January 4th, 1979. Went into the broadcast booth. And he was there with CBS and Fox and ABC Sports and NBC until Pat 2008. Summerall. Yep. <laughs> yep. Pat Summerall there with John and Madden. He never, and he never flew. He always took a bus. He flew when he was a coach. Right. The, the, the aversion to flying developed later. But yes, when he became a broadcaster, he was like, fuck this plane thing. <laughs> Taking a bus. <laughs> His I mean, own bus. Lost, <laughs> yeah, he had lost people close to him in 1960. Um in a, uh, a a plane crash when he was working for Cali Cali Polytech, uh, and he was he was the um, he was the student manager at the time of the team, and I think that was something that just came to him later uh, later on. But so if you don't know if all you know him is the video games, then there's more to it. I will always remember, and I tell this story all the time. I don't think I've ever told in the podcast before. My brother bought a copy of Madden 92 for the Sega Genesis, <laughs> which feels like 100 years ago, almost 30 years ago. And the very first game we played, five plays in, one of his players got injured. <laughs> and in that version of Madden, an ambulance would drive onto the field, pick up the injured player, and drive off. <laughs> well, it was like a draw play, so everyone was mobbed up, and they didn't get up. The players froze once that play was done. The ambulance drove onto the field, drove into the pile of players, <laughs> and no joke, the players went, oh, and started flying all over the place, picked up the injured runner, drove off, and another ambulance came in and picked up somebody who'd been run over by the first ambulance. <laughs> I kid you not. Did I lose you? Nope, I'm still here. You okay. hear me? I thought you, yep. I thought you, yeah, I thought you got nope. a kick out of that story. <laughs> or did you know it already? No, I didn't know that. So my brother was pissed. We're five minutes into a game. He's lost two players. But that was the realism they tried to bring to Madden. Not that you get run over by ambulances, but that injuries would happen. And he told people later in life, I'm looking to see if I can find it here. In 1984, when he was meeting with Electronic Arts, he said he wanted his game to be a tool for teaching. 
quote, a way for people to learn the game and participate in the game at a pretty sophisticated level, end quote. The man leaves a massive legacy on every level of the game. Every level of the game. Broadcasting, coaching, and, and just publication. I am confident in telling you that without John Madden going to the booth in at the end of nineteen seventy the nineteen at the end of nineteen seventy eight season, mm-hmm. football may not be as popular as it is right now. As if you liked him or hated him, everybody knew who John Madden was and everybody had a lot of respect for the, the commentary he brought. So Yep. All right. Yep. Cool quick um, um quick, yeah, I have a please. quick trivia question for you. So he was on the cover. He was on the full cover till Madden Madden two thousand was the last time he was on the full cover. And then for right. um let's see, one, two, three. the next six covers, he was like in a little shield portrait of him, but okay. then there were players on. Who was the first NFL player to be on the cover in two thousand? We're talking down in two thousand one, huh? Yep. It's I I'll I'll even help you. It's because you know it could be a lot of people. It's a running back. Ooh. Hmm. I'm doing a quick search of 2001 running backs. All right. <laughs> okay, so in terms of yards per game, if I type in 2001 running backs into Google, it comes back with the top rushers per game. Okay. And the top three were Stephen Davis, Corey yep. Dillon, and Ladanian Tomlinson. Ladanian Tomlinson sounds like a makes sense for the cover. I'm going to go with Ladanian Tomlinson. Uh, and the answer is Tennessee Titans running back Eddie George. Oh, my God, Eddie George. Yep. Eddie George, didn't, isn't he dead too? No, he's doing something. I don't know what. He's doing something. <laughs> he was coaching last I had heard, but... I think he is. I don't think he's in the NFL. I think he's in college, maybe. Coaching? Mm-hmm. I'm looking... <clears throat> okay, I have no idea what he's doing. Coaching? Oh, he played... He was a coach. Oh, yeah. He's, the, he's at Tennessee State. Oh, there you go. He's at Tennessee State currently. He's, they went five and six this year. His first year there. Oh, that's respectable. Your first year. Yeah, he's. Yeah, nice. So, all right, on to burning hot takes. <laughs> I'm going to start off burning hot takes because we gotten one from our uh, friend and contributor Cinch, and I want to start there. Now I got to go find it because it's somewhere in our thread of messages. <laughs> Scroll up. <laughs> yeah, seriously. For those who are curious about it, by the way, Craig and I are involved in the Super Bowl for our home league for the first time ever. Yeah, I, yeah, I'm pretty sure. This is going to be kind of crazy. Oh, here it is. Who is the worst quarterback you'll be rooting for this weekend because one of his <laughs> targets is in your starting lineup? <laughs> so I'll put that to you first, Craig. Um... What bad QB are you counting on this week? Uh well okay let me let me look at my receivers really quick. Hold on. Mine's easy. I th- I, can I just go while you're looking? Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Mine is easy. It's gonna be it's probably Trey Lance because I got Debo Samuel and I'm hearing Trey Lance is gonna start. Ew, I mean that means Debo might run a lot possibly. Um okay so if I keep my lineup the way it is right now, right, um it would be Ben Roethlisberger. <laughs> <laughs> because I do have Deontay Johnson. <clears throat> As of right now, I mean, he's starting, but we'll, he might change. So, and it's close. I'm going to be honest with you. I got So my starting wide receivers are Debo Samuel, Hunter Renfro, and Devontae Adams. I may not like Aaron Rodgers, but there's no questioning that he's decent. 
I, can we just call him Voldar from now on? Is that okay? I mean, we, we could. We could. All right, so I'm not worried about Voldar. Hunter Renfro is catching patches from da- da- uh, Derek Carr. David Carr. Derek? David? Jesus. Da- Derek Carr. <laughs> Derek. I'm, only, I'm barely into this beer. <laughs> but Jimmy G is questionable. Hey, he hurt his thumb. Doesn't need surgery. He might start. So, Maybe. So it's, it's Carr or Lance. I got to go with Lance as the worst quarterback I need to do well. Right. right, it's just, oh, and Ben Roethlisberger. Ben is Ben done. He's. Ben's done, I right? hope for his own well-being. I hope he is done after this year. It was sad watching him play on Sunday because it was Steelers Chiefs. It was sad. Yeah. Like, you know, just I, like I think like breathing hurts him now at this point because he's so broken uh, at this point in his career. He needs to like he needs to stop. I'm not just saying of, that because I'm a Bengals fan. I'm just saying that, like, watching him, you can tell sure. like, he's just not comfortable. Like, he, he's like, always expecting to get hit. <laughs> oh, yeah. It was end of the Incredible Hulk from the 70s level sad. Like, sad music <laughs> playing and just somebody walking off into the distance. Like, you're like, there's, there's no, nothing good can come from this. Nothing good. Yeah. So, all right. What have you got for me tonight? Um, Damn it. Where did it go? Oh no! Bastards! Bastards! Damn it! I just had it up on a page, and all these and all that. Remember, I was complaining about ads. It was on that page yeah. that closed. You missed your mom. You missed the post. I did. I did. Um. Well, I guess I can. I'll just. I'll just throw one out there. So we'll just. Um... Well, I'll buy you. I'll buy you thirty seconds. All right, go ahead. I remember several years ago, back when Howard Stern was still on terrestrial radio in New York. Yeah. He went on vacation. And the, the, I think it was WNEW, got David Lee Roth hmm. to be the guest DJ uh, while Howard Stern was on vacation. This is buying time so Craig can find his article. And he was so bad at hitting what's called the post, which is that you know a song is starting, you know you have 12 seconds of intro, <laughs> so you only talk for 11, right? Right. He was so bad at it. That he actually started calling it out. <laughs> if he had 10 seconds, he would talk for nine and a half and then go, oh, Howard, I missed the post again. <laughs> and start talking over a song. <laughs> and it was so bad that the producers started recording bits of it and playing it for Howard Stern. So Howard Stern comes back from vacation and they're like, this is why you can never consider going to satellite radio because this is what will happen to your audience if you go to satellite radio, <laughs> that they would bring in David Lee Roth permanently. And he was entertaining as a DJ, but he's just, he was yeah. so bad at I, the technical aspect. Yeah. And I don't know if it was at the same time. Cause I remember David Lee Roth being on in the morning for yep. like an extended amount of time, but I don't know if it was during that. And it basically was him. It was, there was no music. It was just him talking. Like it was like a podcast before a podcast. And he would just yeah. have random people call into the show or be in the studio with him. He's like, yeah, so now this morning I got my Uncle Bob here. And they would just like talk yes. about they would just talk about like nothing. And I sort of enjoyed it. <laughs> yes, like his uncle. Yeah, I was walking down the street to get my coffee today. And I ran into my Uncle Bob. And I went, Uncle Bob, I don't have time to talk to you. I got to go do a radio show. Hey, why don't you come with me? We'll talk on a radio show. It'd be great. So, hey, everybody, it's Uncle Bob. <laughs> Pretty much. Uh, but I found my thing. So. Good. See, so um, successful diversions. Exactly, exactly. Go for it. Um, so someone said 
Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read you what they said. Yeah. I'll read you the, the thread of what it was, okay? And you want me to tell you who said it? No, no, no. no. I, want you, I want your take on it. Okay. I'm going to take a sip of my beer while you do this. Go All ahead. Because right. <clears throat> um, I had to go back to Twitter for this. Okay. So this person said the NFL should fix the dumb COVID protocol so we don't see NFL starting rosters versus an entire practice squad. This is, and he's talking about New Orleans. So this isn't just book. New Orleans is missing six of their, six of their best players, and four of them are pro bowlers in this league. I said, okay, but a real question, how do you explain the Texans, who had 16 players on the COVID list, and they dismantled the Chargers? Yeah. And then someone replied, good point, but you can say that the Texans have a balanced roster from top players down to practice squad players. No. What? It's the NFL. Everyone in that, everyone on your team should be ready to play. I mean, granted, there's levels of who's better, but they should all be prepared to play at any given so the- time. The argument is if your entire team is rated four stars out of 10, it doesn't matter who you lose because the next guy up is going to be four stars out of 10. Yeah, pretty much. So the Texans I had saw a, this. The Texans had a better a better team management and they were they have a better practice squad. I don't No. Like you know. The Texans have better blank is automatically a false statement. <laughs> the Texans don't have better anything honestly <laughs> i saw this i want to say it was dan orlovsky um no it wasn't it was somebody from it's somebody else i follow okay so who was it stuff. uh this other guy jake from like another like he does like sports news okay <clears throat> but so, like what's my point well really is what i'm getting at like right do you agree with that statement though no like they should cancel games because of COVID or because of practice squad players. But like all these people are on the active roster. What they should do is stay to their guns and do exactly what they said they were going to do during the effing preseason, which is cancel games when teams have COVID outbreaks. If the Patriots are healthy and the Dolphins have 16 people on the COVID list, then the Dolphins take a loss and the Patriots get a win and there is no game played. That's what they said they were going to do. That's what they backtracked off last week. So, yep. yes, games should be canceled, but they should not be rescheduled or delayed. I, I mean, I kind of went off about this last week. You know, the whole burning house scenario I put out there. Yeah. The NFL stood there and said, we will not tolerate rescheduled games this year. And then in week 15, it was like, well, you know, playoff implications and, you know, it's, it's hard. No. Don't want to move the Super Bowl. <laughs> you moved the field goal. You moved the goalpost is yes. what you did. Mm-hmm. You moved the goalpost. You said, we're going to put the goalpost in the back of the end zone and everyone needs to hit it. And then teams started missing it. And you went, well, you know what? We'll move it 20 yards closer. We'll just put it on the middle of the field. It's fine. <laughs> no. No. Player teams need to be held accountable. Players need to be accountable for themselves. And that's and, – and again, so what about the Bills? I got to deal with Cole Beasley. The Bills can choose to cut Cole Beasley. Do you know how easy it is to cut an NFL player? It does not require a voodoo ceremony. It <laughs> requires one phone call to New York. Pretty much. They're like, eh, we're done. What's <laughs> the financial liability? There isn't any. <laughs> That's part of the problem with the NFL. 
You pay somebody $3 million, but only $1 million is guaranteed. You really are only paying them $1 million until you fire them. Yes. So I don't want to hear that, <laughs> oh, well, Cole Beasley would have just gone somewhere else. Well, then somewhere else picks up the risk. Yep. This is risk management, folks. Risk management. It's not hard. It's not hard. So you know what? The NFL should be canceling games. He's correct. And they should be charging losses to the teams that have COVID outbreaks. Well, what if they both have players? Then whoever has the most players on takes a loss. That's End the of story. Side. End of story. If the Chiefs have 15 people out with COVID difficulties and the Steelers have 14, then the Chiefs take the loss. And when the Chiefs bitch and moan about it, well, then you should have done a better fucking job policing your own organization. Mm-hmm. The end. That's the I'm getting to my rant. Go for it. <laughs> No, really, that I I agree. They I don't think, you know, when the NFL said they were going to cancel games, I already had a feeling they were going to go back on that. In the back of my head, I, I was like, I I guarantee you, at some point, they are going to change their mind and be like, eh, we'll just figure it out. Well, we'll see how it goes. You don't see how it goes. You vaccinate everybody. The assholes who don't want to get vaccinated at this point. Because it puts a microchip in you. I, don't even get me started. I'm, I'm not going down <laughs> that road again tonight. I'm not. I'm not going down nope. that path tonight. But yeah. All right. So yeah. you have another one? Or are we just going to go into our. Uh... Well, I don't have another one because that was cinches. I do have one myself. Oh, that's that's correct. That is correct. Okay, what's yours? I want to talk about. I want to talk about the playoff scenarios. Mm-hmm. I want to start in the <sighs> NFC. Okay. So as of right now, the Cowboys have clinched the NFC East. The Packers have clinched the North. The Bucks have clinched the South. In addition, the Cardinals and Rams have clinched at least a playoff berth. Yep. So we know five of the seven teams that will take part in the NFC playoffs this year. They're the Cowboys, Packers, Bucks, Cardinals, and Rams. Now I want to talk about the AFC. Because the only team who's clinched anything is the Kansas City Chiefs. The AFC is a mess. I don't remember the AFC ever being this competitive for a playoff spot. Just much, I don't like, much the, like our own league. <laughs> I don't remember any year where any conference was this with two weeks to play. This many teams? Okay, so in the running right now, so the Chiefs, the Chiefs are in, but they haven't won the first seed. They can sew up the first seed this week. But they got to beat the Bengals, who also need to win to win the AFC North title, or since he can clinch a playoff berth with a tie, a Charger loss, and other help. Yes. For example, <laughs> Cincinnati can clinch a playoff berth this week if they tie, the Chargers lose, Las Vegas ties, New England loses, Miami wins, and Buffalo wins or ties. <laughs> what? Yep. Well, actually, they can they can get the division. There's two other scenarios where they can win the division, where if they tie the Chiefs and Baltimore loses or, or ties or or ties or Baltimore loses and Cleveland and Pittsburgh tie. Notice that one of them have to lose. They have to tie. <laughs> yep. Cleveland and Pittsburgh have to tie. Mm-hmm. This is where we are? Are yes. you kidding? I'm just glad they have the leading division record. That's all. Well, here's what I'm going to do after this podcast is over. I am going to go in, and I'm going to try and make a, par- a, 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 a parlay bet. Uh-oh. A 
six-legged parlay bet nice. where Cincy ties, the Chargers <laughs> lose, Vegas ties, New England loses, Miami wins, and Buffalo wins or ties. That exact scenario, I guarantee, is like plus 2,000. At least. I and would, 0% I, chance. I would say it was. I would say it would be like 8,000, but yeah. <laughs> so, all right, so back to my point. So we've got the Bills, the Bengals, the Colts, the Patriots, the Titans, all with a chance to lock up this week. Yes. One more time. The Bills, the Bengals, the Colts, the Pats, and the Titans. My question for you, Craig, which one sews up a playoff berth this week? <laughs> well, let me look at because let me let me see here. I'm just going to look at the other ones really quick <clears throat> before I so, say something. While he's looking at a Buffalo's playing at Atlanta, and Buffalo is in with a Baltimore loss or tie. They're playing at Atlanta? I thought they were playing in Buffalo. Uh, no, you're right, versus Atlanta. They're in Buffalo. Um, Since he's obviously playing the, the Chiefs, the Colts are hosting Vegas, the Pats are hosting Jacksonville. And the Titans are playing Miami. We'll see the 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 uh, Patriots. They also need Miami to lose or Vegas to lose. That's only two of the roads, Craig. That's only two. I know. I know. There is um, a road where New England ties, Las Vegas loses, the Chargers lose or tie, Baltimore <laughs> lose or tie, Miami wins, and Buffalo wins, and that gets them in two. <laughs> And then Buffalo, is, Buffalo needs help. They need more than just a win. They need other people to lose or tie. <laughs> God. Well, that's because they don't have the tiebreaker with New England. They don't have the tiebreaker. That's true. All right. So I think I'm going to go with like the easiest ones. It's going to be the Bengals or the Colts. Because they just need, they just need to win. They don't need other. Well, actually, the Titans do too. But but the Bengals are playing the hottest team in the league. They've won nine straight games. They have. They have. That's so. Not only does Craig have to play me in fantasy football this week, but his mm -hmm. Bengals have to play my Chiefs. Yeah, and I think you should bet some ribs on it. Done. <laughs> straight up. Are we do straight up. Sure, just like before. Done. <laughs> Done. That's you heard it here. Death. Heard it here. Twenty-one seventeen Bengals right now. There it is. <laughs> Kiss of death. <laughs> I'm gonna lose. This, uh, <laughs> I'm gonna lose my fantasy Super Bowl to Craig. Uh, the Bengals are gonna lose to the Chiefs, and I'm gonna. Th and this is gonna be the end of the podcast. <laughs> when we first started this, one of our friends asked, "How long before the two of you end up like Mike and the Mad Dog, where you can barely stand each other?" And I jokingly said, "At least five years." Well, this is season five. I mean, this is so, like the perfect storm. Like, who would who would have thought this scenario would have ever happened at the same time? I I don't know. You know? I don't. And you know what? I'm not really. If the Chiefs lose this week, it's not the end of the world. It just makes week set, week 18. I can't. I can't keep saying that. Yeah, I know. It makes week 18 crazy and interesting. Right. It's really. I mean, the Chiefs are already in the playoffs. It's really the seeding that that is. They the need that week question. off. With only one team, that that week off, I think, is going to be absolutely crucial. Absolutely yeah. crucial. <clears throat> yeah. Home field advantage one seed's and for a week anyone. off. Yeah, the one seed is important. For uh, you know, for anybody, there's some people who would argue that the week off messes with you. But if you're injured at all, or you know, ever have COVID like this year, not um, not if you're coached by Andy Reid, <laughs> he wins like eighty percent of his games after they have a week off. Really? 
Oh, yeah. Huh. Hold on. I'll pull it up. We'll do it live. Andy Reid, week off, win rate. Do, 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 do. Okay, I'm pulling up. Yep. DraftKings did an entire article about this uh, in February. Oh, really? Since he became a head coach in 1991, Reed has an amazing 84.4% winning percentage. After a week off or a bye or whatever. When given an extra week. Regular season, oh. he's 20 and 3. Playoffs, he's 7 and 2. <laughs> All right, then Andy Reid definitely needs the week off. Well, wait, does he need the week off or does the team need the week off? I think I just think Andy Reid is one of those guys who sits there and just metabolizes the game in his head, and the longer you give him, the worse it is. Never forget the Chiefs' first really, really good season on this run was their last year with Alex Smith. I think they went 13-3, and mm-hmm. and it started with a win on opening night at the defending champion New England Patriots. Really? They went to they went to Foxborough and people were like, Well, you can't beat the Patriots in Foxborough and then somebody was like, But you know, Andy Reid's had six months to get ready. <laughs> and everyone's healthy. It's a valid And point. Patrick Mahomes wasn't the quarterback. Alex Smith was. Just saying. So Alright, we gotta move on. Okay. I'm wasting time. Alright, so uh picks this week. So the source last week played in. Why have I missed call? Who's looking uh, for me? It's not me. Whoever spam risk is, he needs to leave me alone. <laughs> Just saying. So last week, the uh, the source came back from his only losing week and was like, I'm taking Miami. And goddamn, was he right. I parlayed Miami with the point, or giving points, Miami's uh, money line and the under and cashed back. Big. It was like plus four hundred, plus four fifty. Oh, nice. I was just like, seriously, nice. And it, it, what I'm like, this is New Orleans is banged up. Whoever isn't banged up, and then after I placed the bet, like two days later, oh, Ian Buck is gonna start. And I'm like, more the better. <laughs> more, more better. This is just, just you just yep. you just threw you just threw three sprinkles on my Sunday. I'm absolutely fine with that. <laughs> is what it was. So this week, I, I, I contacted um, the source through his vast network of intermediaries. Yep. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I, I gave my security codes and all that fun stuff and um, had to tell him the name of my first dog and my third grade, third grade school teacher. And uh, he came back and finally said to me, this week, he likes Tampa minus 13 against the Jets. <sighs> I don't know. Where are they playing? Oh, they're playing in New York. Tampa minus 13, Craig? Uh, uh, you know, they're all back. All the Jets are back from COVID. I feel like Tampa has a really good chance of looking past the Jets. Oh, man, I, I feel like that's risky. I feel like that's one of his riskier riskier bets. So here's here's what I'm starting to do now. By the way, I am now if 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 you take if you take a favorite, I'm taking money log money line with the points and I'm parlaying it. So if I take minus thirteen, uh, I got minus thirteen on it with the money line. Uh, it won't let me combine that without another one. Okay, so I'll take the under. Now I can combine that to only plus two eighty five. Huh. That's not fantastic odds. I'm gonna throw a dollar on it live. <laughs> I'm gonna bet one dollar to win two dollars and eighty six cents. Place bet. 
And, and just for the record, FanDuel would like to give me $53 if I cash out my Bengals winning the division. Okay, bet. okay, wait a minute. Wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. We, <laughs> all right, so let's, let's, let's reset this. Yeah. You use bonus bucks on this too, right? This uh, is even real money, or is it real money? No, this one was real money. Okay, so what? It, what how much did you put down? 20 bucks. 20 bucks. And if it pays off, how much are they paying you? 86 if they win. So 20, 20 to win 86, and the buyout is what? $53. Oh. Hold on, I'm going to take a sip of my beer. <laughs> Here's why I say take it. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk with my head and not with my heart here. Uh, all right. If the Bengals lose to the Chiefs, Mm-hmm. Which is a possibility, right? That number's going down because That's it's going to be harder for them to get into the playoffs in the last week. I think I take that fifty-three bucks and I run. Hmm. What, what, hold on, let me see. Hold on, I, I'm pulling out the playoff picture right now. <laughs> it's a really big picture. It's a really big picture. Only eight teams fully eliminated, by the way. Really? Yep. Oh. Where's the standings? I just want to see standings. If the Bengals lose this week and Baltimore wins. And Lamar is limping. That puts them both at 9-7 and seven going into the last week. Yes, and the Bengals have a better division record. But that means Baltimore wins and who's Baltimore playing in Week 18? The Steelers. Ew. Who are the Bengals playing in Week 18? The Browns on the road. Oh, two division games to end the season. That's, that's you know what? I'm, I'm I'm gonna say something. I'm gonna say something controversial. And you know what? Sure. I I take the buyout. <laughs> take the buyout. Personally, and to that end, because don't forget, I put ten dollars on it myself. <laughs> so I have a cash out option of twenty six dollars and sixty three cents on a ten dollar bet. I'm taking my buyout. <laughs> I'm doing it. I'm, I just now. <sighs> I just to... I. I I'm going to have to sleep on it. I got, yeah, some, I got some time. I got some time. Now, on the other side of this coin, I also put a dollar on the Bengals to make the AFC championship. And I'm going to let that ride. Me, and, me too. Me too. So, they have enough. Um, have... Let me see. No, no, so wait, wait. Let me look again here. I put $4 on it. So if, if they win, it's $52 because it's plus 1200 Yeah. I, plus 12 <laughs> Mm-hmm. 1200 I, I got yeah. it at plus 2100 Really? Oh. When did you bet it? Like two weeks ago? I bet mine on December 18th. I got plus 2,100. On FanDuel? or? Um... Yes. I'm looking right at it. Jerks. Or maybe huh. this is to win the AFC championship. Hmm. All right. Either um, way. I'm but still my another, another bet I'm looking at, <clears throat> the game that we've been talking a lot about, is you, you should just take five bucks and put it on the over of the Chiefs-Bengals game. Oh my god! Yeah, we're not playing America's favorite game this week because there's only two games at fifty, and that's one of so them. So <laughs> that's fifty and a half right now. Actually, uh, hold on, I do have a bet on this already. I locked in Bengals plus five and a half, and over when it was forty nine and a half. Well, and now it's fifty and a half. Yeah, so the line is moving. I think that I think the Chiefs are going to win that game, but I think it's going to be close. Yeah, I feel like whoever has the ball last is going to win. If that makes I, my sense. big my big parlay this week, which is what I'll share with everybody, is I've got the Bucks. My oh, I just I did I just talked about that already. Mine is is the Cardinals plus five, 
The Cowboys have very little to play for right now, and the Cardinals need to win. They do, so, and and Dak is not historically good against teams over 500. Yeah. So I'm going to take the Cardinals plus five. Remember, is when, my this, pick remember of the week. when that used to be a divisional game? Yeah. Cardinals versus Cowboys. Oh, well, the Cardinals were in St. Louis back then, which still didn't make sense, but that's beside the point. Uh, none of it really did. So all right, uh, so yeah, so that's where that's where I'm going this week. Uh, that's so. What was your pick of the week? You took uh... Uh, taking the over in the Chiefs Bengals game. All right, I think that's good. It is good. I'm going to put a dollar on a random, a random game right now. A random. Uh... Oh, okay. It doesn't want to take my bet, so that that means mean that's that's a good. It means it's a bad idea. <laughs> okay. Anyway, all right. Moving on. Let's get to the metric. All right. So last week, the metric introduced me to Ian McKenzie. <laughs> it sure on did. S- on Sunday morning, I was like, I need a value play at wide receiver. And it said, Ian McKenzie, he's only 200 bucks. I'm like, since when is a $200 wide receiver ever usable? And then I realized I could really stack my lineup if I used him. And yeah. all he's got to do is catch a couple of passes. And then five minutes of the game, he caught a pass for a touchdown. And he was at like 34X. I remember you were very happy about that. I'm sitting next to Craig, and I'm like, holy shit, this guy's at 34X, and I've never heard of him before. By the end of the game, I was standing drunkenly screaming, it's 162X! He did. He, he said that. It was He scored 32 points on a salary of $200. Yep. Holy crap. He goes, to, he goes in the fantasy hall of fame next to Byron Pringle, in my, my mind. But <laughs> Byron Pringle I, I also had a huge game. And I didn't use him. He's been creeping up money-wise, so. All right, quarterback this week. I said to the uh, metric, give me a quarterback, and it said Trey Lance. I said, try again. (laughs) It said, how about Josh Allen? I said, try something else. It said Aaron Rodgers is a little cheaper, and I went, all right. I like, if I want to go cheap, I'm going for Trey Lance at 4,800. I'm not going to use it in cash lineups because it's going to be too popular. It's going to be mega popular if Jimmy G doesn't play. Josh yep. Allen's too expensive. Aaron Rodgers is at least is seventy seven hundred, but he's playing Minnesota. He owns Minnesota like he owns Chicago. I'm probably going to use Aaron Rodgers in a lot of spots. Who do you like this week? Uh, so this week, yeah, if you're okay with spending up on quarterback, definitely, I would definitely look at Aaron Rodgers. Um, if you want someone in the middle, uh, you know, Mac Jones against Jacksonville. Jacksonville is not good. Fifty-three hundred. Um, it's I, not that much. It's not that much more expensive than Trey Lance. That's true, and I also like Matthew Stafford uh, because the Ravens secondary is riddled with injury and COVID. Um, they are not doing well as a defense in general. You know, a, a sneaky pick might be Justin Herbert. They have got to play really good, and he's only sixty-eight hundred, <laughs> which puts him more expensive than Mac Jones. Now, but are they playing? The are names. they playing in LA or are they playing in Denver? Uh, this game is in LA. Okay. So, yeah. Running backs. Metric says use Nick Chubb in all formats. <laughs> Seven eight hundred against Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh doesn't seem to be able to stop anything. I kind of like that. Um, Jonathan Taylor is nine thousand, but he's playing Vegas, and Vegas. I I don't know what Vegas is doing anymore. The guy I'm using. Who are you using? Sixty five hundred. David Montgomery. 
<laughs> you are you are a big David Montgomery, Montgomery truther this year. I am the Montgomery truther. <laughs> <laughs> and I am going to use him. I'm going to use him frequently, and I'm going to use him 6,500, and he's going to put out probably the, the best numbers next to Chubb and Taylor. I, I'm I'm going to use Montgomery in a lot of formats. If I'm looking cheap, I'm not going to get on the Daria Gabue. I just botched his name. Train. But if I want to go cheap, I'm looking at Javante Williams. Javante nice. Williams just keeps getting stronger and stronger and more and more carries. You want to go ultra cheap? Devin Singletary. As long as he plays. Buffalo seems to like have three running backs, and then they all have to draw straws to see which one of them is not going to be active this week. Mm -hmm. So if Devin Singletary plays, I love a Devin Singletary-David Montgomery stack. What do you like? Uh, I do like Nick Chubb if you can, if you're in a, if you're in a, uh, uh, you know, tournament with him because they are playing at night. So he may not be on the main slate because they're playing Monday night, I think. Right. I, you know, if you want to pay, like, you know, and I know some people are going to do this. If you want to pay super up, Jonathan Taylor is always a default choice. I do kind of like, I do kind of like Sony Michelle at 5,800. Henderson's back. Is he? Did he get hurt again? I don't know. And then, you know, I did one of my leagues was championship last week and Javante Williams was one of my running backs and I won. Uh, so at sixty four hundred, I think he, that is a good price. Uh, oh my him. God, he's back on the IR. Who is Henderson? Oh, okay. So Sony Michelle is fifty eight hundred. <laughs> it's Cam Akers that I'm worried about. Is he officially back? Uh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. They they activated him last week. The only reason he did, I don't think he played a ton. Is he even because... on the list this week? No. In the metric. Oh, then he might be super cheap. <laughs> No. Although people are saying the Rams shouldn't stray too far from Sony Michelle's hot hand. Your that's hand's true. only hot so, until you fumble. That's right. So for you, how long does how long does the hot hand last? A week, two weeks? Like what do you I'm a fantasy analyst. The hot hand lasts as long as the guy stays in the game. <laughs> that's that's, that's you know, true. That, that's you're asking me. You're asking me to climb into the head of a head coach. Forget that, because they're all very different. <laughs> the hot hand. I mean, the hot hand in New England is one fumble. The hot hand in somewhere else is oh well, you got three touchdowns, but then you fumbled the ball away. Well, you can, you can go back out there. It's fine. <laughs> That's a valid point. That is a it valid is, point. I, I'm a fantasy analyst, so for me, the hot hand is as long as the coach allows him to be. Fair. So fair. All right, so I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna avoid that wide receiver. I'm gonna I'm sorry. I'm gonna avoid that whole Rams backfield. It's it's a mess. So, uh, wide receiver. The metric says use Dante Adams and Devonte Adams and Cooper Cup in all formats. Fantastic, except they are combined eighteen thousand eight hundred. That is a lot of doubt. You may not be able to afford a defense if you use the two of them. <laughs> Which it will not let you submit. I've tried. <laughs> so you're gonna have to. You have to look for value in places like I'm not. I'm not getting back on the AJ Brown train. I'm not. I mean, you know what? And he was on my bench last week, and I won. But he was on my bench, and when he came back, and I was like, "Oh, he's coming back from injury. He's playing on a Thursday, and he had like 145 yards and a touchdown." So and the number that. five value play. So my in 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 orders, my value plays are Adams, Cup, Antonio Brown, AJ Brown, and then. I, this guy must be somehow hacking my system, but Nico Collins is on the list again. 
he had a big he had a big week and he's only four thousand. So because he can't string two weeks together. <laughs> That's the reason he's only four thousand. He cannot string two games together. I'm pulling it up right now. Has he had any games this year? Player stats. He only had 33 yards. He had touchdown last week. He had three catches for 33 and a touchdown. No, really? He, he has never had, this year, he has not had a single week with more than 50 yards back-to-back. Really? And he's only caught one touchdown. Last week. <laughs> yes. Why does my system love this guy? Where's Darnell Mooney? There he is. He's number 22. I'm more likely to use Darnell Mooney. I, I don't know. This might be a week where you have to... Re, you, this might be a week, guys. Honestly, you need to sit back and see what happens with injuries and COVID and make assessments based on that. Go ahead and use Devontae Adams and Cooper Cup, but good luck waiting all the way down to the bottom to find out that Tyreek Hill goes on the list so you can use Demarcus Robinson. Or that Gabe Davis is going to play. Things like that. What do, you, what do you think this week? I don't know what to do with wide receiver. Uh, so let me, me let me open this up here again. Let's see. So, I mean, if I'm starting Stafford, I may find a way to work Cup into it because I do like the stack. Yeah. And then looking down this list, I mean, if you're looking someone mid-range, like Jalen Waddle is 6,700. And Amon, Amon Ra St. Brown is 6,000. And you know what? I thought with the backup quarterback, he was not going to have a good week. He was one of the higher scoring uh, wide receivers last week. And in that same range, T. Higgins is having an amazing few weeks. And I know you love your Chiefs, but I think he's, he's on I think he's on pace to have another big week this week, and he's 6,900. Problem is the Bengals offense is slowly on the receiving end, evolving into a kind of perverse version of the chief offense. <laughs> you've got Jamar Chase. If Jamar Chase takes off down the field, you've got to double him. Yep. And if he does that, T. Higgins just has to run out 15 yards, turn around, and or wave. cut across like Byron <laughs> Pringle yep. or meet Cole Hardman and go, hey, I'm over here, and it's a completion. Yes. <laughs> How is we're going to move on to tight ends in a second. How's CJ Ozoma been? Uh, he's been pretty. He's been good. He's been consistent. There's a few games where he wasn't. You know, he only had like three or four passes. But I think it's one of those. You know, it's one of those things too with their offense. It's kind of like you said. It's kind of some weird version of the Chiefs where if Burrow's like scrambling a little bit, he's going to throw it to whoever he thinks he can throw it to, and you know they have like five. You know. So there's Chase, Uzuma, there's T. Higgins, there's Boyd, and then there's Mixon. So it's since week thir- yeah. Since week thirteen, he's averaged six targets a game. Hmm. They have targeting him more and more, and his catch rate is going up. Oh my god, his catch rate is going up almost every week. Has it? He caught half the passes versus LA, then sixty six percent. So that's two thirds. Then seventy five percent. Then last week against Baltimore, he only caught five out of seven for 71%. Nice. He hasn't had a touchdown since week seven. Okay, so be it. But his yardage totals, I mean, last week he had five catches for 36. That's 8.6 points. So we're sitting here talking about how the Bengals kind of are starting to look in the passing game a little bit about like the Chiefs, not in their execution, but in their position skill sets. 
they're looking a little bit like the Chiefs. That says to me Uzoma's a good play, and I'm looking at I'm looking at the metric right now. He's 3,300. I think CJ Uzoma is a use this week. Uh, looking at everyone else here, I'm gonna have to agree with you, especially at that price tag for salary. CJ Uzoma might be where you have to save money this week. He's actually cheaper than Cole Clement. How's that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because Cole Komet's playing the Giants. The Giants stink. That's a if you valid go, point. If you want to go chalk, you're looking at Ertz or Andrews. They're way too expensive. I'd rather go Komet at 3300 and spend up at wide receiver or running back. Right. Honestly, I think that's what I'm probably going to look at doing. I'm probably going to look at, at, at doing uh, cheap on these things. So, all right, let's move on. So that's literally our, our tight end. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm just going to use... You CJ Ozoma and all, pick him up in all formats. That's right. <laughs> so that's become that's become a, a battle cry on our thread now. Whenever somebody's like, you know, uh, this guy has COVID, Ian Book is gonna start. I'm just like, pick him up in all formats. <laughs> so defensively, I like the Dolphins this week. They're at Tennessee. I'm not convinced that the Titans are for real. I really without not. Derrick Henry, you don't think they're real. Without Derrick Henry, I don't think they're real. So I'll, at 2,800, I'll use the Dolphins. If I need to save a couple bucks, I'll take the Lions at 2,400. The Lions are getting better. Words I never thought I'd say. The Lions are getting <laughs> the better. Lions They're showing not, signs of life. With the exception of a few games, and we went over this a couple weeks ago, they're not They're not losing games by a lot. Like They're, they're, blown sta- out. they're staying in games. I think they, what would say? they got blown out like twice. They've had, and since that conversation, I think they've had one more. They've had three losses of more than seven points. Yeah. So they So are, when the line comes out plus 8.5, take the Lions. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh and then you know looking at the price tags for defenses, the Broncos might be might be a safe play only because the Broncos even though they're not really they're kind of one of those teams where people aren't paying attention to them, but defensive wise they're like, you know, they're in the top they're within like the top 8 defenses almost every week. Yeah. So they got rid of Von Miller and somehow they got Beller. I don't know how that works. I, I don't know. Drama, maybe. I don't know. But, you know, along, really quick and along the side of betting, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to make this my final thought because we're just about out of time. Yeah. I'll, I'll go final thought, Thurston, and, and let you go, and then I'll close sure. up. I have been noticing something Cinch said to us about a month ago, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which is in-game betting appears to be the way to go. The Lions, the Bengals, and the Steelers all seem to get off to these double-digit deficits, but then pull within two or three touchdowns. Last week against the Chiefs, at one point on the couch, I'm sitting there, and I look at my phone, and all of a sudden, the Steelers' in-game line is plus 28 and a half. <laughs> and I'm like, there is no way this game ends up 33-0. And I put like 10 bucks on it, and the, the Chiefs take their foot off the pedal, the Steelers rattle off 10 points, and I walk away with a fistful of cash laughing like a moron. Yeah. Watch in-game lines. If you're doing the betting, if you're doing the game betting, watch the in-game lines, particularly with the Bengals, the Steelers. I said another one. Who else did I say? And Detroit. Detroit. If they get up over three touchdowns, I'm not saying throw the house at it, but consider it because these are teams that tend to make give up big leads or give up a touchdown or two early and then come back. And they're not going to win. Don't bet the money line. But you might want to take it with the points. So that's my final thought for the week. Craig, what have you got? 
So my final thought is that um, totally agree with Britt. I've been saying all year, like for example, the Bengals, for whatever reason, they they start off very slow for a quarter and a half. I don't know why it takes their coaching staff to make so many like adjustments that you know they, that long, but definitely pay attention to that. But my final thought is, if you are in your fantasy football championship or maybe in your playoff, may, congratulations. Maybe you're in a playoff because some some leagues extended it to last week, which is cool. Um, Ours. I, <laughs> uh, so what I will say is, don't don't go crazy changing your lineup and looking at waiver moves unless people have COVID oh my God. or injury. Because just just stick with the people that got you there for the most part. I mean, granted, you can look at okay, de- cute. Yeah, I mean, you can look at defensive matchups. You know, definitely pay attention to COVID testing because that's probably the biggest thing you have to worry about. But don't go crazy sure. and pick up like. 13 people or whatever because you think they might do good just you know the people you drafted or who you had got you there so don't change it really too much pick up cam Akers in all formats <laughs> exactly and start him start exactly. him over jonathan taylor <laughs> no i i totally agree and i actually to, to 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 that point i went looking at um the waiver wire this morning mm-hmm. just to seeing if there was anywhere if, you know is there anywhere i can improve in the super bowl there wasn't no, I'm running at this point because of COVID on our very small roster. I'm running two deep at defenses and two deep at kicker, which no one ever does. And I normally never do, but I'm running two deep at both of them. And both of the, everybody I've got at every position is head and shoulders above available guys. So, yep. you know, stick to your guns, exactly. stick to your guns. Exactly. Uh, I just want to wish everybody, I thank everybody for a great another year. 2021 uh, was a great year for our podcast. We are appreciative of all of you and all of the support you give us. We uh, we made the Scott Fishbowl again this year, and we made the conference semifinals. We survived another year of COVID, which we didn't think we were going to do. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's just been It's just been a very positive experience with having you all along for us. So we hope that 2022 is a happy and healthy new year for each and every one of you. If you would like to do us a favor, the best way you can support our podcast is by going to whatever podcast directory you find us on and leaving us a review. Also that feedback that you leave us there is crucial. We have it set up so that no matter what directory you're on, if we get a review, we get an email and I love opening those emails and finding some feedback. So please, whatever directory you find us on, leave us an email So with that, I will wish everyone a happy and healthy new year. We'll be back next week for one more week of regular season action, which may or may not be crucial because who knows? (laughs) Pretty much. You know? Pretty much. Um, So we'll have to see how week 17 goes, however it goes. We hope you guys have a wonderful and healthy new year. Be safe out there. Uh, Until we speak next, my name is Britt. I'm Craig. And we are the Football Fignuts Podcast. Hi, Deb. (laughs) 